Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. So after a brief summer break, we are back, we are ready, and as always, we're just grateful for a place to show up together and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. You know when you carve out time for coffee with a friend, or dinner with your spouse, or even just an intentional phone call with someone you trust? There can be such refreshment in just exchanging stories and lifting each other up and reminding each other of what matters most. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new story of hope into your earbuds, your speakers, every other Tuesday. And guys, with me today is my amazing co-host, Amy Groeschel, who happens to be a regular here at The Messy Table, and we love it when she joins us. Y'all, we are partnered with women of our church, Life Church, and we're big-time fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word, literally in your back pocket, 100% free wherever you go. And we just also love locking arms with brave women from all over the world, from all over the global church, who are willing, just willing, to share a piece of their story. You know, we flip on the news, we scroll through social media, and there's just so much. I don't think our brains can fully process, and maybe we were never meant to fully process all the information we have access to all at one time. As you're well aware, there are currently dire situations happening in the Middle East, specifically in Afghanistan. And there's always an array of political opinions circulating on all kinds of topics here in the U.S., but also all over the world. And of course, we can't forget, even if we'd like to, we are all still navigating this global pandemic in an ever-changing climate. And beyond those things, there's also just our regular, real, beautiful, complex lives happening behind every single screen. So let me just remind us, there's only one who can hold the weight of the world. And it's not me, and it's not us. It's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is, who always was, and who's still to come. Guys, our creator and sustainer is the only one who is big enough to hold it all. And as Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So let's all be clear, we are not perfect people, but we are serving a perfect God. So no matter where you're coming from, no matter your story, no matter if you've been a Christian for a long time, or you're still kicking the tires on this whole God thing, no matter if you're joining us on your lunch break or from the school pickup line, or maybe you're out running errands or walking your dog, we are so truly thrilled that you're here. And we could not be happier to tell you about our incredible guest for today. Y'all, Priscilla Shire is in the house. A woman, a bold and courageous woman who is not afraid to tell us the truth. Yet she does it with such grace. And if you aren't already familiar with Priscilla, I don't know where you've been. But Priscilla is a wife and boy mom and writer, speaker, actress, Bible teacher. Basically just a truth-sharing, kingdom-advancing, life-speaking woman of God. So if you could use a refresh button or someone to encourage you to keep going or just a plain and simple reset on the foundations of your life, I think you've come to the right place. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Priscilla.
Well, Priscilla, yes. welcome yes. to the messy table. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be with y'all. Finally. <laughs> yes. So excited. Big all caps on finally. We have desired to just sit and visit with you and let those that listen be blessed by you on another level. I know a lot of women in the body of Christ are always blessed by the resources that you teach on and, and give. Your teaching is just so impactful and powerful. But this is another level because this is going into like all kinds of things personal. So mm-hmm. we want to know, first of all, because we all feel like we think we know you and I, I've admired <laughs> you from afar and I've met you, become acquainted with you a couple of different times throughout the years, mm-hmm. which has been such a treat and honor. And guys, girls, let me just say, like, you've never seen a realer deal than Miss Priscilla. That was my first impression. It was just like (laughs) stunning how sincere you were. That's the same way I feel about y'all. Just, oh my gosh. I'm so grateful we get to all serve this generation together. Mm, So we feel like we know you. And actually we do in those things that you share because you are so genuine. But we want to just have a little peek into just some interesting things about you that we might want to know that we don't know. Perfect. um, I've been married for 22 years. Jerry and I just celebrated our 22nd anniversary. I cannot Mm, believe it. And we are still, thank you. We're still very much in the throes of raising our boys. We have three sons. And so one of them just went off to college. We can't believe it. And then my second one's getting ready to be a senior this year, going into his senior year. And then we have a seventh grader. So we're sort of still raising them and still send, you know, like sending them out at the same time. It's kind of that transition phase Mm -hmm. where everybody's getting grown and thinking they're grown and we're having to remind them they're not grown, all that (laughs) stuff. Um, But in the midst of that, we have had the joy of just doing ministry in a way that was never our plan. Like, you know, being in ministry in this way wasn't something that I ever thought I would be doing when I was in my early 20s. It just wasn't an aspiration. It wasn't a picture in my mind. It's just the Lord began to direct our paths that way, both me and Jerry. And so here we are now, gosh, 22 years later into marriage, and it's been like an adventure. Um, Raising the kids, being married to each other, you know, that's its own brand of busyness and craziness and all of that. Yes. And let me just add, Jerry was so sweet just helping her get her mic on. And I just love it. (laughs) Well, he's the one that like knows stuff (laughs) and is technological and detailed and organized in all the things. And um, that gives me lots of margin to just, you know, have a messy table and feed kids and all the things that happen with life. So I'm grateful for him. The Lord Mm. made us a team. That's for sure. It's wonderful. Well, you often say you're just a girl with a sword. And like Amy said, you're so real, incredibly down to earth. And of course, we know you're only human, but we do just respect you so much. And for me, just over the years of reading your stuff, sitting under your teaching, I think what really just strikes me is how obviously rooted you are Mm -hmm. in the word and Mm -hmm. how you're humble, but bold and classy all at the same time. (laughs) And uh, I just appreciate you, you know, fighting the good fight in a very just honest way. It means uh, so much to those who are coming after you. So. Oh, man, that means the world to me. I tell you, Um, I grew up with a mom and a dad who are just what you just described. Mm -hmm. So to hear you say that about me from a distance feels like, gosh, just such a blessing because 
I saw parents that actually had integrity. They weren't one way at church and then another way at home. They actually loved Jesus. And, you know, all the stuff they were talking to other families about at church, that's what they were trying to live out, not perfectly, but Mm -hmm. intentionally, at least when we were at home. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful um, that I got to see parents that have integrity. And when you mentioned being rooted, Mm -hmm. I I think that's what that stems from, is that I I didn't see duplicity. I didn't see Mm -hmm. kind of a fake ministry persona. I had no concept of that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I just saw people who really love Jesus and an outpouring of that was that they got to tell other people about him. So (laughs) I just thought that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And um, I would have done it whether it had been a full-time kind of ministry or not. I, you know, it just was, oh, I thought that's what we're all supposed to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I imagine it probably made it I don't know if easier is the word, but easier for you to just believe and accept what Jesus had done for you because you saw the real deal in your own home. I think you're right. And I'm very mindful of and sensitive to people um, that are in situations where they grew up with particularly a father figure that either was absent Mm -hmm. or just emotionally absent Mm -hmm. or even abusive or neglectful. When you have that picture and then you're trying to relate to God as a father, Mm -hmm. it's a disconnect for you to trust and to really lean in and to expect that he loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And so you're right, um, because I had a dad and have a dad the way that I do, the way dad is, and the mother I had, Mm -hmm. it it was easy for me to get a concept in my mind of what a healthy, thriving relationship is Mm -hmm. with a father who loves you regardless of whether you perform or uh, make mistakes or whatever. You're just okay the way you are. And so I am grateful for that physical representation of what our relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But like you said, regardless of if you had it or didn't have it, that's true of God. Yeah. All those things that you just described. It's so true. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And I, and I also think, by the way, Jen, that that's also what the church is for. Yeah. That when you have that dysfunction, in which we all do yeah. on some sure. level, we've all got our brand of crazy mm-hmm. in our households and in our relationships. And so all of us have it. And so then we go into the church and the church is supposed to be this family where the Lord brings restoration Mm -hmm. and brings examples and surrogate fathers and surrogate mothers and sisters and brothers and where through the body of Christ, we get that picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously that doesn't happen perfectly because humans are there, but there is supposed (laughs) to be some health. Yeah. People, um, they mess stuff up, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully that's what a healthy church environment can be a gift to all of us, you know? Yeah. Well, before we dive in, Priscilla, I have to tell you, so my son, Jack, is nine. I have a 12-year-old daughter and then a nine-year-old son. And without warning, recently, he's been wanting to read by himself at night. And that was like (gasps) our time to read together. That's a win, though. That's such a win, though. (laughs) Well, no, it's great. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wasn't prepared. So I decided to find us a new series that we could only read together. And I told him, okay, I'm going to buy this book. And only if we read it together. So now he knows that he can even stay up late if we're reading it. And that series is Prince Warrior. So we're at the end of book one and I'm loving it and he's loving it. And it's so great. You have no idea how happy that makes me because I literally wrote that for my sons to try to get them to want to read. And I I kind of developed these characters um, based on my sons and my nephews. And then I'd write a little portion of it and I'd read it 
just like you're doing. Yeah. I'd read it to them before bed. Yeah. And then they'd kind of be sitting on the edge of their seat to see what was going to happen next. So then I'd spend the next few days writing the next section. And oh I'd my read gosh, it to them I before love bed. that. So I never really knew that it was going to be published. I was just trying to get my boys engaged in something that was adventurous enough to capture their attention, so but good. also had some spiritual threads in there, yes. you know, kind of undercover yes. <laughs> threads. I Knowing that it's helping your boy to spend time with you and hopefully it'll stir some organic spiritual conversations. That just, man, that makes me so happy. So I asked him, I said, Jack, do you have any questions for Priscilla? Because I'm going to talk to her today. And he said, <gasps> yes. how did you come up with the name Ruach? And I told okay. him I had some ideas. Yeah, but I'll let you answer it for him. Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know, the Prince Warrior series is about these young kids. They're fictional characters, but they're in the real world, real time, modern times, but they end up being transported into this invisible realm. Mm. And it's there that they recognize so much of what they're facing in their regular lives at school. It's actually being stirred up by this enemy who's in the invisible realm. Mm -hmm. Aorotos is the name of the invisible realm. Oh, I've been saying it wrong. How have you been <laughs> saying it? Aharados. Well, see, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> No, it, actually. it's the way that you wrote it is how it, I'm going to change it. <laughs> well, in the invisible realm, they meet Ruach mm. and Ruach is this little guide, mm. like a Yoda figure, mm. but he introduces them to the spiritual armor that they have to stand firm against the enemy. And Ruach is actually the Hebrew word for breath. Yes. Um, so he, it's a word that you see in the Hebrew mm. and then also transliterated in the Greek and the New Testament. And so it really refers to the breath of God, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, mm. And so we just took that picture of the Holy Spirit being the guide for these young people. And so that is where the name Ruach came from. So tell Jack yeah. that I'm so excited he's gotten introduced to Ruach. Oh, my <laughs> word. I didn't know about this Prince Warrior. And I've written it down. I'm going to have to pull that out with my grandkids because now yep. I don't have children that want me to read to them anymore. I lost that battle. And I'm... <laughs> And, I've, and really only just last year. But actually, I have one more that's a senior. And I did tell her, hey, your senior year, because I homeschool, like we're going to do some stuff, like even though we, I, we don't officially have to. Yeah. But you start to grieve that that loss of not being able to um, have that read time with them if that's totally. such a connection. But this spiritual warfare, I'm glad you brought that up. Because it's such a gift that you would show kids in such a tangible way through a story of what that looks like and the need to depend on the spirit, which is, I think, is what you were saying. Yes. But your life, everything that you've talked about with your family just sounds like so fairy tale perfect and <laughs> so like the perfect legacy of the Christian family. But it is messy table. And we do know that you are people totally. and that there are problems with people in the world. And so yes. we wanted to just find out, like, what do you want to lean into to share with the listeners about a season of a mess in your life that you have seen warfare, where you have seen the goodness of God, where you have seen the spirit work yeah. and some difficult things. Well, I'll, I'll share two with you. One from when I was younger, since we were talking about my parents and my upbringing earlier, and then one recently as I've been, you know, in my adult life here in my 40s now. But when I was younger, just to give you a picture of the four of us, there are four kids and then mom and dad, I was the troublemaker. I was the one <laughs> yes, that kept wow. my parents on their knees going, oh, Lord, what are we going <laughs> to do with this one right here? Um, I was the one who talked out of turn, talked too much, talked with the wrong tone. Mm. I was rebellious. I didn't tell the truth often. I just did the opposite 
of everything that they were asking me to do. I was that kid, you know, who's got that fierce independent streak mm. and just wants to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was very much grounded regularly, mm-hmm. um, in trouble at school, all the things. And I remember this is the, kind of a, a nod again to just really, I'm so grateful for my parents because I would be disciplined for sure for the things I needed. They never skipped things that we needed to be um, disciplined for. There was never a skipping of those consequences. Mm -hmm. However, I do always remember my mom and dad saying to me, particularly in terms of how I would get in trouble for my mouth all the time, they would say to me after being disciplined and I got calmed down a couple days later, they'd say something like, you know, Priscilla, there's something about this problem you're having. It's always tied to talking and communication. Could Mm -hmm. it be that God's wired you that way for a reason? Mm -hmm. Could it be that this thing is getting you in trouble because you just haven't yielded it to the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and in your immaturity, it's being used in a way that is so out of alignment with what God has in mind. But if you'll just yield this to him, who knows how God could use communication in your life <laughs> and for his glory. Wow. And I'll never forget that. You mean yet they were prophesying. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. And I tell you what, that's informed a lot of, honestly, it's kept me encouraged a lot with my kids, Amy and Jen, because, you know, sometimes we see them in their immaturity and the rebelliousness and the disobedience. And sometimes the very thing that's getting them in trouble, if we'll just also look at the perspective of, well, well maybe God's actually given you this thing because this is the key that's showing us a part of your destiny, mm-hmm. part of your purpose, a part of his plan. So I've been trying to do that with my kids as well, discipline them and not skip the consequences and not skip the reality, but also go, okay, young man, is it possible that this is something God's going to use for his glory? So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there that I was the troublemaker growing up. You're giving some people hope right now. Are so encouraged. Including this person right (laughs) here. Totally, totally. And then even in more recent times, you know, the last couple of years for our family have been incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, I think both of you kind of know some of this, but we've lost eight family members Mm -hmm. in the past two years. Um, And I mean, back to back losses. Every four to six months, we lost somebody else. Mm -hmm. Most of them were sudden, meaning the person was here one day and then the next day they were not. Mm -hmm. No health issues, no pre-warning, nothing, just gone. With my mother, it was a little bit different. We knew she was sick and we got to spend a lot of time with her. We were still quite disappointed because we were praying and believing God to heal her because we knew he could if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also believe in the sovereignty of God. So we were trusting him with that. But the wrestle of faith, not faith in God's character, Mm -hmm. but just faith in his ways and his Mm -hmm. plans, just kind of going, what? What about not healing mom gave you more glory Mm. than if you would have healed her? And um, there were so many people all over the world that were praying and watching on and sending us videos, whole congregations from like Kenya or Mm -hmm. Europe that had been praying. And we were like, God, this is going to be so good (laughs) that if you display your glory in this way, the way we're all praying, wow, what a testimony that will be. Mm. So in our little finite minds, that wrestle of, why wouldn't you answer this mm-hmm. prayer in that way? Mm-hmm. And knowing that on this side of eternity, we're probably not going to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But learning how to ask those questions of God mm-hmm. without 
questioning God. That's good. Like those are two different things. I can ask my questions without questioning his character. Yeah. I appreciate where I am now as a 46-year-old woman that can sit in the disappointments that I have experienced now that you don't have when you're 20. Mm -hmm. But by the time you get to 45, 46, you've had a few disappointments along the way, a few prayer requests that haven't been answered the way that you mm -hmm. expected that they would, struggles you've been through, losses and griefs, and all of us have now with the pandemic. We've been through both medical, racial, political. We've been through so many layered pandemics right. that there should be, at least there is for me, I'm sitting in a seat of a bit more confidence in who God mm -hmm. is, despite those difficulties. They didn't dismantle my faith in him. All of those questions and that wrestling and that prayer and all of that stuff, the hard conversations I've had with dad and my siblings and the tears we've cried and all of that, it's just made me lean into him more. Yeah. I'm more grateful forever that heaven is real, yes. that Jesus is the answer, yeah. and that we get an opportunity to share him with people. Amen. Wow. That's so good. I just couldn't agree more. And I think it's uh, incredible that you expressed the questions were in his ways. I just hope that people can grab hold of so much of the good stuff that you said. So I like to repeat it to underscore. Mm -hmm. And you can question those ways and because we don't understand his ways, but his character we know. We don't have to question who he is and how good he is and his character. And that will preach forever and ever. So, mm -hmm. well, I'll tell you a great illustration of that, Amy and Jen, is like, you know, when we go to the ocean, it's so big, so vast, so wide. Even, you know, marine biologists with the most extreme technology, they cannot reach mm. the depths of it. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't know everything that's in that body of water. They mm -hmm. keep finding new stuff. It's just too deep. Mm. So the mystery is always going to be there. Yeah. But we do know that it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> we do know because we've stood in it and those waves have pushed us over. So we do know yeah. it's powerful. Mm -hmm. So there are things we can know. We know it's deep. Mm. The same thing about God. He is good. Even with the mystery still there, his depths are too deep for us to ever fully internalize and digest them. Right. But that doesn't mean we that we begin to question his goodness, his sovereignty, his kindness towards us. There are some things we can just know, yep. taste and see that he is just good, Amen. even with the mystery still present. Well, it's encouraging. And I love that illustration. And if we ever get to the bottom of the ocean, then I guess, you know, we still have space to go. That's so, right. You know, I was especially touched again from a distance by the loss of your cousin Winter. Yeah. You know, I'm a mom of girls and just this precious family. Mm -hmm. But I know you're not alone in this conversation. And this is when I wish I could see beyond these little screens and just look into the eyes of those around this proverbial table, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, because mm -hmm. so many of us have face lost. Mm -hmm. Some of us recently, mm -hmm. I was actually just this weekend at a memorial celebration for my great aunt. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are so many kinds of losses, mm -hmm. but death does sometimes feel like the ultimate blow here on earth. Yeah. Of course. Even when we know for those who put their hope in Jesus that it's not the end of the story, mm -hmm. it's not an ultimate end. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so inspired to hear you encourage yourself and remind yourself of these things. What did that process look like as you were just kind of in the depths of grief? Yeah, well, I, I have to say, it's interesting that you asked that. It's almost hard to answer because I still feel like we're very much in that process. Mm -hmm. um, 
my mother-in-law, my Jerry's mom, was the last person that we lost in that kind of grouping of eight people now that we've lost. And that's just been a year ago mm-hmm. uh, this August. And Gosh. so um, we're still sort of really kind of wrestling through it. And I think the main thing uh, that we've done is just allowed ourselves the margin to just feel whatever we need to feel and to respond and give ourselves the grace to do that. Meaning I haven't taken on any new major, huge projects. Mm-hmm. There have been so many things, as you all I know have probably experienced as well, especially with the chaos the world has been in the last two years. We've all been pulled in a million different directions. Everybody wants you to contribute to this or speak into this or, mm-hmm. or write about this or do a blog post about this. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you can be doing. And to have the restraint mm-hmm. to just say no, I actually don't have the emotional capacity mm-hmm. to do all of those things because everything I got is reserved to trying to get some emotional stability internally, but also to help my husband through that, to help my kids mm-hmm. um, try to find some equilibrium having lost so many of their family. I mean, I I didn't see really any death in our family till I was about 35. That's when I lost my first grandparent at 35. Yeah, wow. Well, here my youngest son is 12. Mm-hmm. He's lost eight people in the past two years. I, so to help him and to have margin with our family yeah. to be just present and available, or if I need to stay in the bed a little bit longer or read a book or just take walks, I've had to say no. That's honestly how to answer your question, Jen. I've had to say no to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm to just give me space to catch my breath. Mm -hmm. And I think in our fast-paced world that everybody is kind of rebounding right back after trauma. Mm -hmm. And we've all been through so much trauma in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. I mean, all of us have. It's been our whole family dynamics have all shifted because of what has been happening globally. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't give ourselves margin to just take a breath Mm -hmm. and recalibrate And to check in and say, all right, how am I doing physically? How am I doing emotionally? How am I mentally? And what do I need to do to just give myself some grace before I bounce all the way back um, so that I can um, have some margin to heal gracefully? So we're still very much in the throes of it, but we're trying to just watch our pace so so that we can have space to help each other. I like that. It is wise. I love having the margin to be present and really the courage to say no, because often you could feel like, well, I'm missing out on this opportunity to speak into someone's life or to Mm -hmm. spread the gospel or whatnot. And I think that's so wise. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll tell you something. Gosh, this time has made me feel like I want to give people more grace to when they say no. Mm. For whatever their reasons are, Mm -hmm. it makes me think, gosh, I don't know the layered reasons why this sister in Christ needed to say no to the play date, needed to say no to the lunch meeting, needed to say no to the co-writing of the project. Mm -hmm. She needed to say no. Gosh, I need to give her grace because I have no idea what she's facing over there in her world Mm -hmm. that she just needs margin for. Mm -hmm. I think all of us need to give that gift to each other, Mm -hmm. just giving each other the grace to say, I cannot do it right Mm -hmm. now. And that's okay. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's very good. And it takes a strong level of self-awareness, especially for women that multitask and we try to be everything for all the people around us to take pause and take time to be self-aware with what's really going on internally. Because there has been a lot, like you said, trauma. And I didn't have the close family, eight people lost, but I bet I'd been to more funerals in this last 12 months yeah. than I have gone I to. And I, I I don't think I've ever before. 
It's just, it's very grievous and you're not always self-aware no. because you just keep going, keep on the treadmill and that's right. And you don't realize how much it's taking its, its toll. And one of them was, you know, really devastating for our church. It was a campus pastor that we just, mm. we just dearly love. And he died suddenly, mm. um, just a month, six weeks ago. And, uh, so some people like to say, Priscilla, like, oh, you know, death's just a natural part of life and that sort of thing, like as if it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't okay. It wasn't okay to our Lord. Um, I was going to read First Corinthians 15, verse 26 says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Paul calls death an enemy. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything about being an enemy that is positive besides that we're supposed to love our, you know, but enemy is not a, a good thing. And so that just tells us like, it's okay. If you're grieving in a loss, you're not supposed to just naturalize it as, well, they were 98, everybody dies. Yeah. Like Jesus is going to defeat death once and for all. When he returns, there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more weeping. Amen. And he's going to put that one to an end and it's going to be glorious. Yeah. And it's so important. I think even what you're saying is going to free somebody up to just go, oh, okay. It's okay for me to have, to, to need a minute, to need some time mm-hmm. to, you know, so many people are trying to figure out why, why can't I, I can't find a new rhythm. I feel off somehow. Mm-hmm. That's because death is unnatural. Whether it's someone that's older, whether it's someone that is younger, it just shakes us and quakes us to our boots. Mm-hmm. And Amy, to your point, I think sometimes, at least in my own experience, I was so grateful I had some people around me that are older Mm. and wiser than me Mm. that were looking me in my eyes going, girl, sit down somewhere. (laughs) You need time. And I think sometimes because we aren't self-aware, like you said, we're just taking care of kids and feeding everybody and doing laundry and moving on to the next thing that we really sometimes need someone else who loves us and Mm -hmm. who's walked the road a little longer than us Mm -hmm. to go, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, you are doing way too much. And I need you to slow down so that we can have you here five years from now with a little energy still remaining because mm-hmm. you've you know handled this time in your life wisely. Right. So I've been so grateful for older, wiser women than me. And man, I, again, I point back to the body of Christ. That's what the church is supposed to be about. Yeah. Folks coming alongside of us to help us to see our lives clearly when we can't. I mean, seriously, we need those reminders from people who've gone before us. And then we also need to pass them along to those who are coming after us. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to know what God's speaking to you right now, even in this season of life. Well, one of the main things has been um, from Second Peter chapter 1. Mm. Um, this is this part of Scripture. Oh, my goodness. I love it so much. But he's just where he's talking about we have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Like mm. every single thing we need, God has already given to us. And as Peter's writing, he gets to, I don't know, maybe verse 12 or 13. And he says, I am determined to stir you up by way of reminder. Mm. And then he says, the Lord has told me that my time on earth is coming to a close soon. So while I have this time, I'm going to keep on reminding you of these things Mm -hmm. so that after I'm gone, you can easily bring them to mind. And I've been riveted by that because it occurs to me that really what all of us need, all of us wives and moms and single moms and working women and um, stay-at-home women and whatever dynamic of life we're in, really we don't need to know new stuff Mm. We kind of just need to be reminded of the stuff we really already know. So and we need somebody to come along and just 
sort of stir us up by way of reminder about the foundational truths of who God is, Mm -hmm. that he's the same yesterday and forevermore, that he doesn't change just because our circumstances have changed, Mm -hmm. that his promises are still true. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I realize now at this stage of life that that is what's giving me more hope than anything. It's not anything new that I'm coming across on social media or Mm -hmm. something that's quippy or Mm -hmm. clever. It's just the foundational stuff that I learned when I was a kid at vacation Bible school or Sunday school that the Holy Spirit is bringing back to my remembrance now. Mm. It's the old hymns. It's blessed assurance. Mm. It's victory in Jesus. Mm. It's John 316. It's Psalms 23. It's all the stuff that we feel like we're supposed to know something bigger and better. And, (laughs) you know, it's supposed to be fabulous over here. And it's like, Mm. actually, it's timeless. Actually, the timeless truths of God are the things that are going to carry you through your life. And so these few verses have been a compass for me right now in ministry because I feel like, gosh, I've been doing this going on 25 years. And sometimes I feel like, uh, am I saying the same thing over again? (laughs) Am I writing the same thing over again? And this has been a compass for me. Stir them up by way of reminder. The truth never gets old. Yes, yes. but our minds get old and they do get forgetful. We can't even remember (laughs) what we learned or read yesterday. Yeah. And so, isn't that the truth that like when we're raising kids, when someone comes along, a woman that maybe her kids are 10 years ahead of ours and she comes along and encourages us. We already knew the stuff she's saying. It's just you needed somebody to come along today mm-hmm. on this day when that teenager has been talking back or hasn't been doing what you've been asking them to do or you found that they lied to you. But when someone comes along and just reminds you of stuff that you already knew, but today you needed to hear it afresh yes. and be encouraged by it. Yes. That stirs you up and helps mm-hmm. you to keep running the distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we just remind each other of the stuff about our God. Well, and that's a great reminder to speak up yeah. as well, because I think often we don't want to maybe get in their business or we don't want to come across too strong, but it's like, maybe that's exactly what they need to hear. And the Holy Spirit's using you to say it. Totally. Or we think we're not clever enough, or it's not going to be bright enough, or we're mm-hmm. not smart enough, or we don't have a degree, seminary degree. So why would anybody want to listen to me? For sure. But no, man, when you post that bit of encouragement or that bit of solid, timeless truth on your social media feed, somebody's going to see that today. Mm-hmm. And that's That bit of truth is going to stir them up because you reminded them. This is freshly encouraging me. When you were talking about just the foundational truths back to that and reminding ourselves of that and living from that, um, I was meditating on that very thing just last week, thinking about everything that has gone on in the last year and remembering this song, I think, for him saying in the 90s that we need to get back to the basics of life. And I was so proud of my husband for just staying the course of like our church, the church, our mission hasn't changed. And so, you know, he had people kind of yelling at him, you need to speak about this and you need to speak about that and and get off into the tangents of whatever. Mm -hmm. And he felt like the Holy Spirit wanted him to stay the course of love it. The truth is the truth and the truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. But the entire says people are going to have the rejection of truth and they're going to want to um, have their ears itched and totally and not listen to the sound doctrine so how much all the more should we be presenting and reminding us to stay centered and grounded in the true foundational essential doctrines because people want they want the new they want the fluff they want ear candy um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just cheerleading what you said, basically, and Mm -hmm. saying, like, I'm sensing that as well. 
the great need for us to just center our lives and not feel like we have to run off to something new and frilly. Yes, absolutely. That's so good. And you both do that so well, both of your families. And when you're speaking the truth, it's wrapped in love Mm -hmm. as well. So it's truth and grace. Yes, Um, Priscilla, I'm curious, what's the main thing that you repeat to your kids over and over and over again as they're facing all the cultural crazy? Yes. Well, I've kind of said the same thing to them since they were very little. I kind of start the day with it. And I don't do it every day as much anymore just because everybody's like (laughs) gone to 5 a.m. basketball practices. and (laughs) So it's not as organized anymore as it used to be when they were your kid's age. And especially when we were homeschooling, I was Mm -hmm. really able to do it more then. Mm -hmm. But it's anything that you want to write up from the scriptures. I say to them, you are a man of integrity, character, and honesty. I texted it to my son in college this morning. Aww. You're a, a man of integrity, character, and honesty, and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. You will put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. You are the head. You are not the tail. You are a leader. You are not a follower. Mm-hmm. You are above. You are not beneath. Mm-hmm. And the hand of God is on your life today. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some version of that. Okay. So and they good. can kind of repeat it back to me at this point, because, you know, they've spent so many days rolling their eyes and going, okay, mom, yes, Mm -hmm. we know. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. And so it was so discouraging. And sometimes it still is to say it because they just want me to hurry. Mm -hmm. But now I know because they can repeat some of it a lot. Well, most of it back to me Mm -hmm. that it's in their souls. So I'm praying that it will inform the choices that they're making. I have some rolling eyes right now. So that's good. (laughs) I just tell them, oh, you're going to look at me today while I say this to you, sir. (laughs) So obviously you're talking about leaning into that margin and resting when you need to and giving yourself space. But then I know that there's also a time when you're pushing and you're fighting and you're persevering and you're pushing through some really hard things. Yeah. So is it one or the other or is it both? How do you know when to lean into which season? Mm -hmm. Well, gosh, that's a layered answer because there are many dynamics that would go into making those choices. But I think for most of our lives, it's going to be both and because Mm -hmm. when are you ever not persevering through something. There's always going to be something relationally, either in marriage. And as soon as you get that one thing fixed in your marriage, that something's going on with your teenager over here (laughs) and your toddler, then you get that one taken care of. And then there's a financial issue. So we're always going to be pushing through something, which is why I feel so strongly about living with a sense of margin Mm. where you are constantly making sure that you have said no enough that you've left margin for yeses, unexpected yeses. That's good. Um, If every bit of our calendar or even for that matter, our living space, like our desks where we work, our closets, our pantries, if everything is so crowded, there's no margin for the yeses that pop up in life. Mm. You know, there are surprise interactions that most of us don't even have time to have that could be a blessing to us. Mm. But we're so busy. We've said yes to everything and filled up every bit of margin in our calendar that we don't have an opportunity to take the Saturday afternoon nap. Because we didn't know all the kids would be gone. And wow, the house is quiet. I could have had a bit of time here. Mm-hmm. But we don't leave any margin for those surprises. So I, I try to just live, uh, Jen, in answer to your question, while we're persevering, while we're moving through, while we're invested in a project or a certain season. Like right now, we're trying to get college applications turned in for my second son. And <laughs> it's like pulling teeth, getting these essays <laughs> written for these college applications. So even while we're doing all of that, 
I'm still thinking, okay, so next week, what are the days where there are going to be a few hours each day where we've all said no to everything so that we can all, all of us can be in the house at the same time for two yeah. whole hours and have yeah. dinner together. And how can we do that? And so it doesn't happen perfectly, mm-hmm. but just kind of looking at our schedule and looking for pockets that we are intentionally not going to fill up. That's so good. You're preaching to me. So that mm-hmm. we can have some space. <laughs> some space in our lives. So I think it's both. And I think we've got to try to live with margin while we persevere through difficult things. Mm, That's great. That's good. We didn't know we were going to be stepping on toes today, but that is so good. (laughs) My toes too. It's a constant recalibration, isn't it? It is. And again, I'm like, wow, that is so wise to look at the margin as the opportunity to be able to step into a yes, not like you're squandering your life and your time that you... My favorite day is the day where you look on the calendar and there's every hour of the day is not filled or there's the nothing. Yes. And you're like, what do I do with my life? Yes. <laughs> but you're right. I think sometimes we can be scared of that because we think, I don't want to be lazy. Exactly. But it's like totally different things. Absolutely. And one of the things that I probably, gosh, I'm just going to internalize and it's going to stay with me for the rest of my life, I'm sure, is that my mother continued to reiterate the last... Um, Probably the last six weeks of her life, she kept saying over and over to us, she kept saying, you guys have got to just stop and smell the roses more. Mm. She kept saying that. When we would talk and get in depth about her life and spend all these hours, that wonderful hours we had with her that I'll just be always be grateful for, Mm. she did not once say, I wish I had been busier Mm -hmm. throughout my life. She did say, if I could go back, I would have stopped and smelled the roses more frequently. Mm -hmm. So I am going to carry that with me because I haven't met anybody yet who has gotten to the end of their life, maybe if they were older and they've gotten to the end of their life and they look back and go, gosh, I should have worked more. Mm -hmm. I I just, I haven't heard that. (laughs) But spend more time with their family or take more time to just take a walk or ride their bike, you know, like do stuff they like, Mm -hmm. like fishing or my husband's going to be like, amen, fishing, (laughs) spending time with their friends. I have heard that a lot. So I'm trying to let that inform the choices I'm making now. Like, are we doing stuff we just like, you know, that are just fun for us? Um, I want to take more time to do some of those things and not feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, like we're being lazy and unproductive. Right. I think that those moments of repose and respite and rest and ease, that those moments actually become incubators Mm -hmm. for seeds that God's planting for your next bit of productivity. Man, there have been so many chapters for books that have formed while I've been on a walk Mm -hmm. or seeds for a message or creativity for a project or thoughts for my sons for something they're going through. And that happened not when I was intentionally working on it. Mm -hmm. It was when I was just swimming with one of my boys or taking that walk Mm -hmm. or taking a nap. Goodness Mm -hmm. gracious. Yes, amen. Cleaning out my closet, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And some of that's the inner workings of Sabbath, which unfortunately so many of us, including myself, can neglect at times or pieces of Sabbath throughout the week. So that's exactly right. I have a a Bible study that I wrote called Breathe, Mm. and it's on the Sabbath principle. I'm about to take a group of women through it Mm. um, even in the next month or so. We're going through it online. Mm. And 
the whole point is having a Sabbath perspective mm-hmm. in life that you take with you a mindset about life. And it's not just about time. Sabbath is not just about time, but it's a principle. It, it's margin that you keep in everything that God has given you to enjoy. So mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. you get margin around that work so that it doesn't overrun your life or mm-hmm. the shopping that you do or the caffeine that you consume or the chocolate that you have or the decorative pillows that you love. Anything that doesn't have margin, and you overconsume or overproduce or overdo that thing that's supposed to be a blessing to you that you're supposed to be enjoying all of a sudden it's like what what God described to the children of Israel when he gave them manna and mm-hmm. he said listen if you gather too much it's going to start rotting and become foul wow. yeah. so now the thing that was a blessing now it was like a curse to them when so they overconsumed it yeah okay so, Priscilla yeah. Yes. okay <laughs> sabbath is supposed to be a gift to us that yeah. it's this margin that makes us enjoy all the stuff that God has given us mm-hmm. or the time that he's given us or the ability to produce on our jobs because we've got some boundaries around it that keeps it in place. So Ooh. it's it's a constant Holy Spirit empowered endeavor mm-hmm. in the world that we live in where we're being encouraged to overconsume and overproduce and overwork and all that stuff. That's a whole word yes. for me too. Yes. I tell you. That could be a whole podcast talk just there because I, <laughs> yes. I want to chase so many rabbits with everything you said that has got my mind going because we just came out of a big extended break and it's revolutionary what you're saying. I think the works-oriented part of us mm-hmm. thinks that it's wrong to to rest and not be productive. And yeah. maybe that, you know, trying to win God's acceptance type of works, that just being still isn't enough. We have to do something. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it can be so rooted in some things that our God wants to set us free from. Mm-hmm. And He really is that oh, life. Oh, you're so, so right. Anyway, I don't want to go too far into all that, but I have to just take a a jump of subjects real quick back to your mama because it just blesses me so much how dearly loved she was by your family. She obviously was just a rock and a precious lady. Mm-hmm. So what would be some words that you would describe that she's left as a her life legacy, mm-hmm. who she was, mm-hmm. and in a nutshell, that describes who she is? Yeah, I would probably say um, commitment. Mm-hmm. She was very committed to our family. She was committed to the Lord. Um, and she was behind the scenes. She showed us the value of being the person who's not necessarily on the platform with a microphone mm-hmm. or in the lights or anybody even knows you were contributing. She was, as you would well know, the pastor's wife who loved and enjoyed being a support to our dad and helping to build the church from the ground up and dad's national ministry, the urban alternative. So she just did that faithfully. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there was oversight where people didn't even know that was his wife standing next to him or, and he, it it was okay Mm -hmm. because she just took such great joy in being committed to the assignment that she knew the Lord had given her. Mm -hmm. So the requisite wasn't whether or not people were applauding or knew it was her. She found great joy in that. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's part of her legacy for us is that there's no shame and there's nothing that's better or worse than being the person that people recognize versus the person that people don't. And then also I would say uh, tradition. 
she instituted some traditions in our family that we are keeping going now that we were anyway, when she was still with us, we were doing those in our own families anyway. Um, everything from recipes that our boys now know how to cook and that we all love, um, special plates that we use for birthdays that were the same plates she would pull out for us to eat birthday pancakes on when it was our birthdays growing Mm -hmm. up. And we've got those same plates and, you know, they're just little traditions like that, that she built for our family. And I'm so grateful, you know, that we get to continue those now with our children and then hopefully they'll carry that on with their kids. And there's something really valuable and sweet about that. And now I realize how much intentionality that is required mm-hmm. in order to actually establish something as a tradition. That doesn't happen by accident. Right. You had to have thought about that, planned for it, not let a year pass when you didn't do it. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there were times where they were like, I am too tired for this today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were just committed to building the tradition. And so because I now, and you know, having raised my kids, I realize how much work right. is required to make mm-hmm. that happen. Yes. I really do value it more now. It makes me think about sitting outside of my kids' bedroom waiting for them to go to sleep so that I can take their tooth and leave the note. Oh my gosh. They know it's from me, <laughs> totally. even though, you know, we pretend yes. that and I'm falling asleep in the hallway. Just yes. like, are they asleep yet? <laughs> it's exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, in the best way. Our tooth fairy was very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the tooth fairy in our house was the six foot three, 250 pound tooth fairy that I sleep next to every night. That was our tooth fairy. (laughs) Perfect. Even better. Yes. (laughs) All right. So obviously you have so many incredible resources and we're going to link a bunch of those up. There's some incredible plans on the YouVersion Bible app, which of course we're huge fans of. So we'll link those up as well. And then what resources do you have out right now that you're just so excited about? And then this is kind of a layered question. I would also love to know what resources you love Mm -hmm. that help you study the Bible. Oh, thank you. That's a great question. Um, Well, Elijah is the most recent Bible study that I've had the opportunity to write. So it it just came out in January of 21. Mm -hmm. And I've just already begun to hear from so many women in particular who have done that study. And I'm just praying it'll be such a blessing to them. It's such a delayed project. It was supposed to be out way before 2021. But because of all of the chaos of those two years that I described, Mm -hmm. I just kept pushing it back. So it felt delayed to me. But when it came out, I thought, oh my gosh, the Lord's timing is so perfect Mm -hmm. because it's really about this lone voice calling people to make a choice. Who are you going to serve? Stop putting one foot in the world and one foot over here. Truth is truth. Yahweh is Yahweh. Make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, if there's ever a time when we're all being inundated with this watered down version of truth, Mm -hmm. somebody's got to be the one to rise up in the spirit of Elijah on their social media feed and in their offices and on our Zoom calls and our teenagers and our high schools and say, no, God is still who he said he is. Mm -hmm. He still is the one who has defined who I am Mm -hmm. and my identity. Um, And I am making a confident decision to trust that he alone is God. And I'm calling you, my friends, my colleagues, my neighborhoods, my church members to decide who you're going to serve. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, man, what an apropos time, actually, for this study to come out. So it's like God knows what he's doing or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I guess since we've talked so much about margin and Sabbath in our conversation today, I do have a study called Breathe. And I just feel like this is such an important time for all of us to recalibrate our lives Mm -hmm. and to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, 
You totally shook up my whole calendar, schedule, living dynamics, homeschool dynamics, whatever. You changed so much of the way we do church and everything. You allowed so much to happen in the past two years. Now, before I go back to quote unquote normal, let me just pause and say, Lord, what do you want my life to look like from this point forward? Mm -hmm. What things got shaved off that I'm not supposed to bring back in? Mm -hmm. What habits did I uh, develop or did I undo that I really need to now um, base off of the way that I move forward in my life. So I think before we all just kind of get back to normal, it's a great opportunity to say, Lord, what changes did you allow that I need to continue to implement? So okay. maybe the brief Bible study will be helpful with that as well. So good. Um, and then, okay, yes, Jen, you asked me about my own study. I will just tell you right now, I'm trying to think of the last name of this author. Her first name is Jody, and she has a whole series of books that are on praying the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so there's one book that's praying the scriptures for your teens, mm -hmm. praying the scriptures for your toddlers. She has praying the scriptures for your own life. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be a chapter on a particular topic. And then at the end of it, she'll have all the verses written down that you can begin to pray over your life along with actual prayers written out as well. And I mean, that has been one of the best devotional and honestly study materials for finding out God's promises that apply to specific things in my own life as a woman, but that also for my boys mm -hmm. as I'm watching them wrestle through the realities yeah. and the moral dilemmas that mm -hmm. are a part of their lives um, that honestly are so accentuated now because of social media and all the things that they're looking at and facing than when you and I were coming along. Those books by Jody. Oh my gosh, I've got to find her last name, y'all. We'll find it. We'll link it. Yes, because everybody needs to get their hands on these materials for whatever season of life they're in because Jody they are extraordinary. Burnt. Yes. B-E-R-N-D-T. That's right. That's right. Good old Amazon. <laughs> That's right. They are phenomenal. Wow. Well, I didn't know anything about Jody's. Oh, yeah. You guys should have her on your podcast. She's awesome. Okay. <laughs> if Priscilla says so, then all right. <laughs> uh, look, I'm talking about her like I know her. I do not know her. I just think her books are awesome. <laughs> you know, and she's got these incredible ratings. And this is when Praying the Scriptures with Your Children says the 20th anniversary edition. So these are kind of classic. Right. Absolutely. How did we not know? We're so thankful. <laughs> well, Priscilla, it's been a joy and a gift to hear just your insights and wisdom and just know where you've been in these past two years and your heart, your trust in Him through it all and in your relationship with God, just growing through that. Mm. Would you want to just leave us with a final word of encouragement? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think this has been the thing that's encouraged me so much when other people have reminded me of this in my life who love me and want me to remain, you know, steady through it all, that the assignment that God has given me and His favor upon me to accomplish it is not for some other time or season of my life. Like I'm in God's will right now, mm -hmm. even with the hard stuff and mm -hmm. even sometimes, you know, day-to-day -day life is it's regular life. It's mundane sometimes. It's routine. It's run of the mill. It's not like extraordinary fireworks are popping off all the time in everybody's lives. So as we go about the regular changing diaper, doing dishes, cleaning up the messy table, laundry, mm -hmm. college applications, church life, all the stuff, 
that we are in God's will mm-hmm. and that his favor toward us is to be steadfast, immovable, have a good attitude, um, to be able to be patient with the people that we're going to encounter in that day, that his favor is towards us towards this day that we're in right now. And so I just want to encourage everybody who's listening that sometimes we think of God's will as some ethereal season of life that is still to come. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know you're in it. Yeah. You're in it right now. Yeah. So God's grace will be toward you to make this day a day that will be glorifying to him mm-hmm. and a day that will be memorable and impactful for you. Mm, I wow. love that. So good. Priscilla, we adore you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking yeah. the time I just to spread a little yeah. wisdom with us and with oh, our listeners. So blessed. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so grateful for you and for your podcast. Seriously, you have no idea how encouraging it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to listen to this again and take even more notes. As always, all of the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes, including books and Bible plans, and also a recent message at Life Church that ties right into the conversation about working from rest. Y'all, we'd love to stay connected between episodes. You can find us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. It would also mean so much if you'd consider texting this episode to a friend or sharing it on social media, or if you haven't already, leaving us a quick review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to stream, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. I know it sounds random, but this actually helps bring exposure to the podcast and helps other women find these powerful stories of hope. So from all of us here at The Messy Table, as you head back into your day and into your life, don't forget, yes, life is messy but God is at work in your mess.